All right. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Terry, lead pastor here at Fusion Church. It is great to have all of you here. I hope you're excited to be in the house of God this morning. The presence of God is already here. I think you already know that. And, um, and uh, look, look, just again, I know that Pastor Jim already uh, greeted you, but I just want to greet you as well. I'm so glad that you made it to the house of God, and I'm so glad that you joined us for today. And uh, I just believe that God's got something special in store for this group of people at this moment. And, um, and again, if, if this is your first time with us and you got one of those little cup packet things that told us a little bit, told you a little bit about who we are, the one thing that we invite you to do is to fill out your name on that, uh, that blue card and drop it in the black box in the back of the room. We don't pass a plate around. When we get one of those cards back, we actually will donate $2 to, um, she has a name. It's a ministry in Columbus that combats human trafficking. So when you sign, when you sign that, when you fill out your, your stuff, we don't sell your information for much, okay? Um, it, it's a joke I tell every week, but it's, it never gets old for me. Probably does for you. Um, no, we don't sell your information. We don't do anything like that. But, but uh, we, we do just like to uh, send you a little thank you through the week just to connect with you. And, and, uh, but, but when you turn that in, you actually become part of the solution, $2.00. For every card that we get back goes to, she has a name, to, uh, to help combat and, uh, and, and also educate on human trafficking. Okay, so um, I've been in a series called Supernatural. How many of you guys have been enjoying the series? Last week, my goodness, we had an amazing time and, and we, we, got, we got to baptize about 27 people and uh, it was absolutely powerful. So powerful, in fact, that we actually had a couple people come up to us after service and say, look, I didn't bring clothes with me, but I'm willing to go home wet. I want to be obedient. And uh, just just after, um, after the one first service, I, I, I baptized her and got to just spend some time with her and her family. And I just went in the prayer room and I wept and I was like, God, I get to do this. I get to do this with my life. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. You know, and it's an honor. It's an honor to be your pastor. And so um, we had an awesome time uh, for baptism. But we've been in this series called Supernatural. And basically what we're talking about is how God operates in a supernatural manner, and he still does to this day. And so when you look at everything that we talked about over the past three weeks, today finishing with number four, we talked about how God creative, created us supernaturally. We talked about how he 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 spoke everything in, into existence except for us. He formed us and he breathed his breath of life into us. The argument that we make, and I know you've heard me say this, but I'm going to keep saying it because repetition is key. The argument that we make is that we are created in a more supernatural fashion than even the heavens and the earth. So God supernaturally created us, but we chose natural we chose sin. We chose to give in to the natural desires that man and woman have. And when we chose natural, God had to come up with a way to supernaturally save us. And so he did that, and it's called salvation. Jesus died on the cross and supernaturally rose again so that we could have life in him. Anybody other than me glad about that? Okay. Uh, I think the longer you've been in your faith, the more grateful you've become because you begin to realize just how sweet this thing called salvation is. Amen? And so, and so if God created us supernaturally and he saved us supernaturally, then does that mean that it's all over from there and we just wait until 
the end, or do we continue to operate in a supernatural manner? Remember, I've been saying, it's not shooting webs out your wrist after being bitten by a radioactive spider, although that would be awesome. I mean, think about it, dude. You leave your phone across the room, nice. You know what I mean? Just saying. Your kid's acting up from across the room. Maybe you're on the phone and they're way too loud. You just, that's probably not right to do. If we have anybody from social services, that, that's children's service. That was, we, don't, we don't shoot webs at our kids' faces. We're not talking about that. And so we talked about some things that God does supernatural. Number one, we talked about healing. The healing was God's idea, and Jesus paid for it at the cross. And so our job is to remove barriers and blockades and, and, and obstacles that we ourselves set up in the middle of his, his ability to heal us. The, the last week we talked about prophecy, and we talked about what it is and what happens when it happens to you. And what do you do when it happens through you? When it happens to you, you have three choices. If it's biblical and it tracks with where you are, confirms something you've already been feeling in your spirit, then you apply it. If it's biblical, but it just seems like that's just not a word for you for right now, then you, then you, then you file it for later. And if it's not biblical, you don't need to listen. If it doesn't line up and stack up with the word of God, you don't, you don't even need to listen. And so Apply it where it needs to be applied, and if it's happening through you, you got to be so careful when you say, I'm speaking for God right now. You, you make sure it stacks up with the Word of God correctly, and then you make sure that it's not just a word for you, that it's a word for everybody, and then you apply it. And so those were what we've talked about so far. Today, we are going to talk about a huge one, and when I say huge, I mean absolutely huge. We are going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go ahead and tell you there's a word. It's a buzzword, and people get freaked out when they hear it. This is in reference to, yes, we are going to talk about speaking in other tongues today. Some of you may be like, oh, why am I here right now? Well, maybe God wants you to hear this. This is not something to be feared. This is something that's powerful. It's something that's beautiful. It's something that's amazing. But when you hear about something like this, automatically people start to tense up. And the reason is, is because nobody wants to look stupid, right? Am I the only one who doesn't want to look stupid? Anybody not want to look stupid? Whose arms work today? Who's in the building? Who's here? Who has a pulse? Okay, good. We're on the same page. Look, you don't want to look stupid. I get it. You don't want to lose control. I feel you, dog. But look, I'm just going to be honest with you. You got to get over the idea of not wanting to look stupid. Look, I got over it a long time ago. Happens to me all the time. And you know what? It becomes pretty fun. <laughs> it makes for great stories. You've heard a lot of my stories. I'm going to tell you a new one today that maybe you haven't heard unless you've been with me for a while. You've heard this one. I was working at the county jail and... Uh, and when you're working third shift, one of your jobs is to hand, hand out clean sheet towels and washcloths. Now, you've got to understand something. The county doesn't splurge on these items, okay? The, uh, the washcloths are good for about one and done. The, the blankets are really about paper thin. And the towels are the size of a hand towel, right? And so this one young lady walks up to me, and I'm just going to say she made me look tiny, she was a large individual. 
And not like, not like large obese-wise. I'm saying just like could take me out if she got mad enough. And I accidentally almost found out if that was true or not. So she walks up to me and she's holding this little towel. Literally about the size of, of, of an of a 8.5 by 14 piece of paper. And she looks at me and she says, do you have anything bigger? Now what I meant to say, <laughs> you're already like, oh Lord, Jill Lewis over here going, oh. What, I had, what had happened was, what I had meant to say was, that's just the only size we get. We don't get anything bigger. That's all we have. I'm sorry. Is that what I said? <laughs> nope. I said, what do you want me to do? So four them together for you? The guy who was working the dormitory was writing in the logbook. His head snapped up. He looked at me like, he going to die today. And she's just standing there, and she kind of got this smirk on her face. I'm like, I didn't mean it like that. What I had meant to say was that that's just all we got, and we don't have anything else. And she's like, okay. I'm like, I didn't mean that offensively. How else is she supposed to take it? That was offensive. And she's like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to walk away slowly. I've had many of those encounters where I'm just like, I'm just going to walk away slowly now. Most of them are with females who would hit me with their purse if they had the opportunity. Thank God they were kind and gracious because I look stupid all the time. You just got to get over it. And so many people are afraid of giving up control and they don't want to look dumb and they don't want to, they don't want to stand out. But the fact of the matter is, is that you got to get over that because on the other side of that fear is amazing things if you'll step out. Amen? So, I'll just say this. In regards to this subject, it's only weird if you make it weird. And there are people who love to make it weird. Don't be that guy. What have I talked about? I'm not about weird, but I am about powerful. And there's just something about the Holy Spirit moving in your life that is magnificently powerful. So what is this whole thing all about? I'm going to do my best to explain it because it is such a complex but yet beautiful thing to talk about. But as with everything else, creation, salvation, healing, prophecy, this too was God's idea. That's the very first thing. And I just want you to understand that if you live your life from the context of God if this is what you have for me, then I want it, even if I don't understand it. It's a great place to live. If this is what you have for me, then I want it. No questions asked. That's blind faith. But let's talk about it. John the Baptist talks about it right away. Matthew chapter 3. Jesus Jesus it gets baptized, and, he, and he's about to get baptized. And here's something John the Baptist is saying about Jesus before he even gets baptized. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. Remember, when we got baptized, just this Sunday, when we got baptized, we are confessing Jesus as Savior on, a, on the account of the, the forgiveness of our sins. Okay? So that water baptism is a confession to the world that, that Jesus has cleansed me from my sins. This is an outward expression of an inward situation where God has brought, brought a completely new life to me. Right? We there so far? 
So that's what John the Baptist was doing. He says, I baptize you with water under repentance, but he, capital H, he was coming after me as mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We hear John the Baptist talk about it. We hear Jesus. Jesus talks about it. He says this, And being assembled together with them, talking to his disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, and, re- and look at that. Let me stop right there. The word promise of the Father. Promise is capitalized. Anytime deity is mentioned, it's capitalized. He, the promise he talks about is the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So you have the moment when Jesus is crucified. He's he's, he's crucified. He raises from the dead. He gives instructions, and then he ascends to heaven. And he says, I have to ascend because I'm sending your helper and that helper's the Holy Spirit. And if I'm here, he can't be here. He can't do what he's going to do. I've got to be there. I've got to be gone. Let this one, let him do what he's going to do. Holy Spirit's a person. Okay? That's why we say he. Got it? I'm painting the picture. So it happens. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. They're waiting in this upper room. And they don't know what this is going to look like. They have no idea, really, what's about to happen. All they are clinging to is what Jesus told them. That's it. Friends, sometimes in life, all you have to cling to is what you know God spoke to your heart. But that's enough. And so they gathered together in this upper room, and they were waiting for the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, and here's what happens. They were all together in one place, and one heart. And let me just say this. The reason we do things like connect groups and unites and, and cookouts and all these things that we do is because there's power when the body of Jesus is unified. So they're all in one place. They're all in that same spot. And they're all, more importantly, because you can be together in a, in, in a uh, this is, where the head trauma comes in, and I forget words, my apologies. You can, you can be close in proximity, but you can be far away in heart. And so he's saying they were all together, but they were also in the same mind and in the same spirit. And I'm telling you, there's something to be said for that unity, right? So here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they were all with one accord in one place. That's a great spot for a Japanese car joke, but we're not going to do it today. We don't have time. All right. One, they're all in one accord. So accord's a car. Okay. I knew I shouldn't have went there. Okay. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were, check this out, this is big, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit enabled them. So what we see is, and there's a, there's a, big, there's a big debate, is, is the whole tongues thing, 
is it the only initial physical evidence that someone has been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Here's how I'm going to say it. Speaking in other tongues is evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's how you know it's happened. Now, when I say that, people get upset. People get mad. People get hashtag triggered. And they're like, wait a minute. So what you're telling me is I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit unless I speak in tongues? It's not how I said it. Here's what I mean. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you there. You, when you give your life to Jesus, you are, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within you. Do we all agree with that? Anybody not agree with that? Okay. So maybe, maybe you don't agree, you're just too polite to yell it out in public, and I appreciate that. Let's, um, first of all, there are people who like to come up and drink things after I do this. This is a very, you do not want to drink this. It's not good. The, I, I found this, I found this cup in, in a, in a ditch on the way here. So you don't want to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So here's you, this cup of milk. Here's you, right? When you give your life to Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit takes up residence within you, right? Do we agree? Am I missing it? Okay. So for those of you who are saying, do you have to speak in other tongues to go to heaven? No. No, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't see it in Scripture. I don't see it in Scripture. It's just a magnificent gift. It's a magnificent gift, and I'll tell you what it is here in a minute. But here's you. This is you. You give your life to Jesus. Holy Spirit takes up residence within you. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens, it's the stirring. Now it becomes chocolate milk, right? Now, now it's stirred within you. So now, now that which is inside of you is now stirred. Not only that, but stirred into overflowing. And the awesome thing is, is it doesn't just happen once, it happens over and over. The baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't just happen. God continually refills you, and he continually stirs you. It's not just a one-time thing. Does this make sense? Am I, do I have it right? Like, God refills you. Now, the, the DNA of this thing has taken on something completely different, right? Do we agree with that? It's an illustration. And I'm just going to say this. You can break down any illustration to where it's, it gets wrong if you work hard enough. Okay? But let's take it for face value. This is you. You give your life to the Lord. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. But then there is the stirring. And that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but you want the stirring. You want the stirring, friends. You want this. And let me tell you why. You want to be stirred. I believe that everybody wants this whether they admit it or not. Why do I want this? There's a lot, but I'm going to start with a couple things. Number one, the Holy Spirit encourages you. There are times in, in my, uh, almost daily, where I pray in the spirit because it edifies me it encourages me 
There are times when I pray and I don't know exactly what to pray, so I just let a rip in the Holy Spirit and God handles it. But I leave there rejuvenated. I leave there strengthened. And I'm not talking about just once a day. I'm talking about all day, every day, in every situation. This is what I'm doing. Every day, all day. I'm in the shower, I'm praying in the spirit. I'm driving down the road, I'm praying in the spirit. I hear something happen to one of you, I'm praying in the spirit. One of you make me mad. Not here, other places, somebody, not you. You guys, we're good. I'm praying in the spirit. It builds you up. It edifies you. It encourages you. It strengthens you. The other thing that does, it gives you power to be a witness. Acts chapter 1-8, check this out. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Read it. Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This is a power. This is powerful, and this is a promise from God that he's saying that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you become a stronger witness. I actually had somebody tell me this one time. I remember it very clearly. I, it was, again, I was working at the jail. When I first started there, I was, a, I, I had only been living for the Lord for about four months. And, um, and, and I started on a shift with a guy and I was, I was a young, arrogant, just kind of, just kind of a, yeah, you can imagine me without Jesus, not pretty, Right? <laughs> And, um, and I go to another shift for about a year. And during that time, that's when I started spending time with Reverend L and some of my other friends. That was when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I came back, and the guy actually looked at me, and he said, man, there's just something completely different about you. You actually see it in Scripture. You see it with Peter. The story of Peter is crazy. We talked about how just, just right as Jesus is about to be crucified, Peter denies him how many times? Three times. He denies him to some of the weirdest people, too. There's just some dude standing there. He's like, hey, you were with Jesus? He's like, no, I wasn't. Leave me alone. There's a little girl standing there, and she's like, I saw you with him. And he freaks out, scared to death of a little girl and what she can do to him. Scared to death of what... The crowd may do because he has just seen what the crowd did to Jesus and what the crowd's about to do to Jesus. So he's scared to death. Are you following me so far? Okay. Have I lost, have I lost you? Okay. I hope you're quiet because you're, you're, you're taking this in and not that this is a horrible message. <laughs> Thank you for the affirmation. He starts freaking out. He's scared to death. He denies Jesus. Jesus, finally, Jesus told him, he said, he said, you will, you will deny me three times and then you'll hear the rooster crow. He hears the rooster crow and he goes and he runs away and he weeps bitterly. We've talked about this. 52 days later. How many? 52. Is the day that Acts chapter 2 happens. And they're all in that building, and they're all in one accord, and they're all just seeking God together, and the Holy Spirit shows up in a mighty way. 
And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they come running out of the house. And Peter puts the entire community on blast. And he says, this Jesus who you crucified, his blood is on your hands. And you're walking in sin. And you need to get it right. Let each of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin. It is because of you that he's gone. You need to deal with it. He went from freaking out about a little girl accusing him to to putting thousands of people on blast. 52 days later, what's the difference? You think he automatically had developed courage? You think he went to the Wizard of Oz with the tin man and the guy who needed the brain and the girl with the shoes and the ugly dog? No. He didn't go to Oz. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and it emboldened him. And just like the prophet Jeremiah said, it was like a fire shut up in his bones. And he comes out and he just lets a rip. And thousands of people give their life to Jesus that moment. And you're all a product of it right now. Think about that. Think about that. Think about this for a second. We are here today. Because Peter ran out of that house and started, and started speaking the gospel. And, and the whole entire group of people gave their life to the Lord. Thousands of people gave their life to the Lord. And the church grew from there. All the way to Lexington, Ohio. Where this body resides. Don't tell me you don't need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only reason you are here right now. Think about that for a second. If Peter doesn't run out of that house full of the Holy Spirit and preach the gospel with authority, accuracy, and anointing, this moment doesn't happen today. The Holy Spirit has been impacting your life for a long, long time. You just had no idea. The difference was not his courage. It was not his strength. He didn't have, like Matt Damon said, and we bought a zoo, 30 seconds of bravery. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered him to be a witness. And the awesome thing is, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do the same thing. The same Holy Spirit that empowered Peter to go and preach that gospel as the Holy Spirit that you take into the factory, that you take into the hospital, that you take into your kids' school, that you take into your family reunions that you dread. Same Holy Spirit. That's the difference. And he empowers you to be a witness still to this day. Think about that for a second. Think about the difference God could work in your life if you were to submit fully to him and allow him to stir you. Allow him to fill you to overflowing. Think about the difference you can make. You're making a difference now. Imagine if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, what difference you could make. Imagine what the landscape of your life and the people in your realm of, of, in your 
your span of influence would be like if you were filled with the Holy Spirit. If you were praying daily in the Spirit. Yes, I'm talking about praying in tongues. It's not scary. It's not freaky. It's amazing. Imagine the difference. That person that you've been praying for for so long, somehow God emboldens you to go and speak into their life and something amazing can happen. Look, this isn't theory. This isn't, this isn't something I hope is true. I've experienced it. I've lived it. People in these rows have experienced it and have lived I watched Wes Jones completely transformed by the Holy Spirit. I saw it with my own two eyes. He walked into that building one way and came out a completely different person. I saw it. I know it happened. You can say what you want, and you can throw out all the arguments about what your old pastor taught you somewhere else, but I've seen it. I know it's real, and I know it works, and I know it's true. You can argue with me all day long if you want. I'm just going to be like, go talk to Wes. He's not the only one. McKenna Rose, Pastor Aaron's daughter. It just happened for her recently. I've watched it. This ain't theory, guys. There are people in your life that are living it right now. And you could be too. But I don't want to look stupid. Get over it. Go tell somebody something stupid. It'll free you up, I swear. I ain't at all worried about looking dumb anymore. I do it all the time. Sometimes I just do it for fun now. Sometimes it's just how I roll, which is something I said to a lady in a wheelchair, also something stupid. I did. It just came out. Jeez. So what do I need to do? Number one, you got to prepare your heart. This is a free gift, but some things that you should think about doing. You should repent. You have, you have sin in your life? Let's remove roadblocks. Repent. That's a word you don't hear preached in many pulpits to this day, but you're going to hear it here. Repent. If you have sin in your life, repent. What does that mean? That means you confess it. You say, God, I've got this sin in my life, and I need you to take it from me. I'm going to do everything within my power to turn and walk away from it. I need you to strengthen me and forgive me. And guess what? He does. He's faithful and just to do it every single time. Praise God. Some of you are like, yeah, that's no problem. I can do that. The next one. Forgive. Unforgiveness is a big hindrance anytime God wants to do something in your life. Fact of the matter is, Jesus forgave all of us for much worse than the grudge you're holding on somebody else. And that grudge you're holding on somebody else is hindering you from the things that God wants to do in their life, not them. Like they say, it's like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die doesn't work confess again confess your sins worship put your hands in the air and worship and begin to praise God but I'm just going to say this something else that you got to do you got to ask 
I remember the day I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was at James Bradshaw's house on his living room floor. And I really, really sincerely wish he had vacuumed at least once that year because it was, he, he wasn't married. And that was just a rough moment for me, but it was also amazing. But there was this guy by the name of Marvin. He was at this prayer meeting at James's house. And he's like, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm like, uh, you know, not, not yet. And he goes, have you asked God? I'm like, you know, I figure it'll happen when God wants it to happen. He's like, dude, that's not how it works. He's like those ladies on the, on the, on the commercial. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. He's like, you got to ask him. I'm like, well, I just figure, you know, it's his Holy Spirit. He can do what he wants. And he's like, you ask him. Don't be afraid. Say, God, I'm asking you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't hesitate. Just do it. I'm like, fine. So I went to the bathroom, washing my hands. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, just ask him. What do you know? I'm looking at myself in the mirror. It's like I saw myself say, Terry, he, you're an idiot. Listen to what he's saying. He, he's practicing this. Like, you know nothing. He knows things. Listen. You need to have that conversation with yourself from time to time. Amen? And so I said, God, consider this my official request. I'm asking you to baptize me in your Holy Spirit and to fill me to overflowing. And about 15 minutes later, I was vacuuming James Bradshaw's floor with my mouth. That part I could have done without. It was absolutely phenomenal. But I had to ask. In fact, so many people are afraid to ask God for what they really, really is on their heart. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Jesus actually said this, if a son asks for bread from, from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will you give him a serpent instead of fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? No! You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't be like, Dad, I need some bread. Okay, here, eat this rock. Dad, I want some fish. Okay, enjoy this cobra. Dad, can you make me some eggs? No, but I can hook you up with a scorpion. That's something that is destructive and would hurt you. That's not who you are. We being evil, look at what he says, we being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Check this out. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Go ahead and stand to your feet. God is a good Father. And here's the thing. Check this out. You may not realize this or not. You may or may not realize this. He's rooting for you. And he desires to do these things in your life. You don't have to fight for his affection. You just have to receive it. And that goes for the Holy Spirit as well. He wants to fill. He wants to give. You just have to receive. A couple more things. You got to trust. The enemy will talk you out of it. Even after it happens in your life, the enemy will tell you that was not real. You just look stupid. That was a bunch of jargon. It's not true. You got to trust God. You got to speak. You got to be vocal. You come up here. We're going to pray for people here in a second. 
If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, don't come up here and keep your mouth shut and expect anything to happen. God doesn't go, he doesn't grab your lips and flap them for you. He doesn't do that. You got to do the work. You got to practice. When it happens, it becomes part of who you are every moment of every day. It's totally worth it. Here's what we're going to do. In a second, I'm going to pray. And I just want to kind of create an atmosphere of worship. I'm going to have Reverend L's prayer team. My elders are welcome to come up as well. Staff people, come on up. You go ahead and make your way up now. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We're going to create this atmosphere of worship. If you're here and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just just worship in your seat and just create the atmosphere. If you got to go, okay, fine. Go ahead and go. I understand. But if you're here and you want this for your life, maybe you've been seeking after the Holy Spirit for a while, it's time. And we're just going to give you this opportunity to come and be prayed for. Do you want it? I told you the why. That's my job. I give you the why. I give you the structure of what it looks like. The rest is God's job. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, let's start there. Maybe you knew him and you walked away. Maybe you were on fire for him and you walked away from him. You walked away from from the body of Christ. It's time to make your return. I'll be standing up here. I would love to talk to you about that. If you're here and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today's your day. We're going to pray for you. We've covenanted to pray for you. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to crank up the music. And if you want that prayer, you come get it. It's just like anything else. If you want something, you need to get out of your seat and go get it. Amen? Father God, in Jesus' name. The name that is above every name, we bring this to you right now. And there are people in this room who've been seeking after this moment for a long time. Let today be the day. There are people here today who I didn't know that I needed this, but now I realize I do. Let today be the day. There are people here who have never accepted Jesus in their life. I believe they can accept you right now, give their life to you, and receive the Holy Spirit right now, same time. Father, we yield this service to you, and we ask you to move in a mighty way right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Crank up the music, and if you want prayer, make your way down front. Come on, crank it up. Here we are. We're ready to pray. Come see us. Step out of your seat. Come receive what God has in store for you.